This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I ought to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horstman to the inside. He's got Max Stambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horstman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Joe Westbrook, driver of the Hills Racing 47 This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans. Welcome in to Horsepower Happenings on a beautiful Monday. I guess. Uh, For November, not bad. The snow is gone, which I'm happy about. So there you go. A lot of stuff going on across the nation and a really great interview lined up tonight with one of West Michigan's own. So we'll talk with uh, Chris Shannon coming up later on in the program. But first, here's what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Tough news from the open wheel world over the weekend. 17-year-old Dason Persley was hospitalized following a vicious crash during a heat race at the USAC NOS Energy Drink National Midget Series program at Arizona Speedway on Saturday. Persley was scheduled to have fusion of his C4 through 5 vertebrae on Sunday. Chris Windham eventually grabbed the win and the point standings lead in Arizona. Also in Arizona over the weekend, Brady Bacon went to victory lane Friday night before being crowned the USAC NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series champion for 2021. Kyle Bronson bagged 10,000 big ones Friday night during night number one of the Peach State Classic. He started on the pole and led all 25 laps for the win. And uh, surprisingly enough, 10K, 25 laps, not the main event that weekend. We'll tell you more about that coming up. Jonathan Davenport grabbed $25,000 from the dirt track at Las Vegas by winning the opening night of the Duel in the Desert. Also, not the main event of that weekend, but it paid 25K. Davenport started on the pole and led all 40 laps for the win. We'll tell you more about that coming up. And finally, Lewis Hamilton bounced back from an infraction that forced him to miss qualifying and start 10th Sunday in Formula One before he won the uh, the Saipol Grand Prix in Brazil. And those things and so much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. Good evening, sir. How you doing, Zach? Snow already? Are you kidding me? I... <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I was not, I was not ready for that. Colder weather, gradually fine, but this. I mean, a week ago I was golfing, Zach. It was I know. sixty-seven degrees, and I was golfing. Yesterday I was not golfing, and there was snow on the ground. Here's the thing: if it's going to be cold, might as well just put the snow on the ground. That's my thought process, but. Get right to it, right? Just let's get it over with. Hey, a lot going on, you know, uh, even with snow on the ground in the middle of November, there's some things happening, and silly season is underway for some of our divisions in Michigan. Yeah, and I don't think anybody saw this one coming, Zach. A winning combination in the Michigan racing scene has come to an end. Smith Motorsports decided that following the 2021 racing season that it will be going in a different direction for next season. The decision would end Ryan Rule's time in the 71H. In 2017, Smith Motorsports and Rule joined forces for a few races 
uh, as a team car to Ryan Grubaugh, uh, who was the team's primary driver. The team found some early success in those few races and eventually tabbed Rule as their team's full-time driver for the 2018 season. Uh, Smith Motorsports and Rule were no stranger to success in their own rights, uh, making it one of the most intriguing pairings for that upcoming season. Uh, this season seemed to be the year the team put it all together. The Smiths and Rolls set out for the first time together to run for an entire point season. The combination ended up winning five Great Lakes Super Sprints uh, races en route to the 2021 Great Lakes Super Sprints Series Championship. The 71H also found victory lane at Butler Speedway in 410 action as well this past season. Those six wins in 2021, Zach, pushed the duo to 17 career feature wins in four-plus seasons together. Zach, this is a huge news in our region considering the success for that partnership. Any idea when it, what went into this decision by Smith Motorsports to make such a drastic move in another direction? I tell you, when I first heard that this might be a possibility, I, I heard rumor of it. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I think I heard rumor that it was going to happen about a month ago, and... It knocked me off my rocker then, and it knocked me off my rocker when it became official. And I, I believe right now, this is just my professional opinion, you've got one of the most talented sprint car drivers in our region in free agency right now. And I think that's huge. I think somebody will will get, will gobble him up and put him in a car. Um, my concern is, Rich, will that car be capable of winning like the Smith Motorsports car was? That's the that's the big question mark. Well, well, I I have a point A and a point B. Yes, somebody's going to gobble him up, and Ryan Rule is not going to be out of a ride very long. And number two, Ryan Rule, I don't think, um, is going to put himself in a ride that isn't capable of winning. So he's he's a champion. He's the 2021 Great Lakes Super Sprints champion. Yeah, you don't have to take you don't have to take a ride in the 21st car coming into the pit area right uh to be honest with you i've watched ryan rule race a lot the gentleman should have choices um <laughs> yeah he should, he should be able to pick and I, th I think there's multiple people that would want that would love to have him piloting their automobile but we'll have to see i'm, I'm sure everything will will sort itself out but i don't think ryan rule is going to have a problem with a ride in 2022 i will say this and this is as much as i can say i've been on the phone a lot <laughs> this weekend there is some stuff going on right now in sprint car land in Michigan that we're trying to keep up with, folks. It's it's going to be this whole field of sprint cars that we're used to seeing could be completely different in 2022. So we're going to keep an eye on it. And I can tell you right now, mark your calendars for next Monday night. We will have Steve Smith on the program from Smith Motorsports to talk about uh, the decision, talk about the history of Smith Motorsports, and talk about the future of Smith Motorsports. So we're going to break it all down next week right here on Horsepower Happenings. So big show coming up next week. Now, Zach, we started this show a little different. I talked about sprint cars and dirt. Now, I'm going to throw it back to you, talk a little bit about outlaws and pavement. Yeah, let's, uh, let's mix the pot a little bit, right? Good news for Outlaw Super Late Model fans. Reveal the Hammer has announced their 2022 schedule. It's a relatively conservative schedule that includes six events next season with four different tracks. Anderson Speedway, Berlin Raceway, and Birch Run Speedway return to the schedule for the second year. But the newcomer, Lorraine County Raceway Park in South Amherst, Ohio. Fans can mark their calendars for May 6th, 14th, June 18th, and 25th. August 12th and 27th for a chance to see the Reveal the Hammer Tour. And, uh, Rich, I want to get your thoughts on this 
rather small list of dates that they've put out as their 2022 se- uh, season schedule. Yeah, I, I, I'm hoping it's probably we want to walk before we can run um, with this program. I know that I think they had lost one show this year, um, but I, I think that's not a bad idea. You don't, I don't, I don't think you want to overload this series. And there's a lot, there's a lot that they that other tracks in the area that run Outlaw Super Late Models, uh, they have events as well. So I think I think it's a a product of walking before you can run, before you you grow outgrow yourself, uh, and still trying to stay out of the way of the other tracks and their and their premier events. I, I think it's probably a good idea. How about we continue to uh, shuffle the cards here, and I'll throw it back to you for more dirt sprint car action. I get the dirt tonight, right? Or, I'm sorry, that... dirt late model action. Let me clarify. Dirt late model action. I was going to say, I watched this. I watched this event, and, and I really enjoyed it. And, Zach, uh, this gentleman lost the World of Outlaws late model season title to Brandon Shepard, but Chris Madden put a major league cap on his 2021 campaign with a dominant performance in Saturday's inaugural Peach State Classic at Sonoy. Raceway. I learned how to say Sonoy now. Okay. Finally, that's how the locals say it. The A is silent, Zach. So remember that. All right. I know we did. We couldn't figure it out for for the longest time. I'll probably so, still say Sonoya, just so everybody knows. Let's not get yeah. our hopes up. <laughs> okay. Any, anyway, Madden uh, led the final forty-four laps of the seventy-five lap finale to score the fifty-two thousand and fifty-two dollar paycheck and top a whopping field of sixty-three. 63 Zach super late models on property Madden who worked around Mike Marler on lap 32 with a low side pass in turns three and four was easily the strongest car across the two-day program though he got a major assist when Kyle Bronson suffered a terminal ignition failure prior to the start of Saturday's feature event while on the grid for driver intros and he and Bronson was unable to take the green flag and as you noted in the opening, Zach Bronson led all 25 laps, scoring Friday's $10,000 to win preliminary feature event. Marler, Ashton Winger, Tyler Erb, and Ryan Gustin would complete the top five on Saturday night. All right, let's talk about uh, an event that's coming up next month here in our region. Folks are starting to stir and they're getting excited for the 23rd running of the Rumble in Fort Wayne. It was announced on Monday as officials say that the event is returning in full force December 17th and 18th inside Fort Wayne's Allen County War Memorial Coliseum and Expo Center. New this year is an event Thursday kickoff party in an effort to bring everyone back together after a one-year absence due to COVID-19. Jason Dietz Trailer Sales is hosting the Rumble kickoff party at the Holiday Inn Purdue-Fort Wayne across the street from the Coliseum. Of course, on the docket for this year's Rumble is midgets, non-winged 600 midgets, winged 600 midgets, and multiple classes of quarter midgets, go-karts, wedge carts, and 360 clones. The Rumble in Fort Wayne coming back in full force this year, December 17th and 18th. And Zach, staying on the late model subject, but let's head about 3,000 miles west. (laughs) Bobby Pierce found himself $100,000 richer after the duel in the desert at the dirt track at Las Vegas Saturday night. Pierce collected his first $50,000 check after winning the 77-lap feature and another fifty grand from the Carl Chevrolet Double Down Triple Crown offered to the four drivers who raced in the XR promoted events at Bristol Motor Speedway and Texas Motor Speedway. Pierce took the lead from his seventh starting spot on lap 55 and led the rest of the way. Josh Richards came home second ahead of uh, RTJ, Billy Moyer, Johnny Scott, 
And of note, uh, McClure, Ohio's Rusty Slink uh, drove a domination race cars machine, not his. He had one out there waiting for him uh, for one that he had sold one of his customers and drove it to an 11th place finish. Well, it may have been his final race in a Dale Jr.-owned late model stock, but Josh Berry had a near-perfect day at Goodyear All-American Speedway in Jacksonville, North Carolina, taking home the big payday in the Solid Rock Carriers Battle of the Stars on Sunday night. After setting quick time earlier in the day, Berry rolled from the pole for the 150-lap race, but he spent much of the event saving tires and fell through the field. In the third and final stage of the race, Berry displaced the drivers who had led much of the event and took the top spot on lap 104. Barry held off Justin Johnson and Connor Hall for the victory. Uh, Barry is set to run full-time in the NASCAR Xfinity Series in 2022 and will likely bring an end to his late model stock career. Well, Zach, uh, we were a couple of weeks late last month, so uh, huh. it seems like we were just there. We were just there, but, uh, man, it's always fun uh, to bring this gentleman on. Um, Gary Lindahl, welcome back to Horsepower Happenings. You and your did you know Man, I have noticed one thing I have to ask you. As we're the longer we go with this, it's not that these questions are getting harder, but they're getting fun. Is that what yeah. you is that what you're is that what you're trying to do with us lately? Well, you know, not only are you learning a little history, but you should have a little fun along the history. But you learn a lot of you know, you learn a lot too. So Yeah, I'm trying to do the fun stuff too. Before we get rolling what did you know it's all about? Yeah, exactly. well, I've had some fun with the last couple and 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 I even when you can start looking for answers and start smiling, I think that that makes it fun when you're trying to do that instead of just trying to Google everything and and dig deep to find it. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, before we get going, I want to I want to talk to you. Uh, you know, we we announced uh, last week about the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame having their banquet, and they yeah double the inductees this year because you couldn't have a banquet last year, so. You had the 2020 class and the 2021 class, and you were uh, one of the MCs for that event. Tell us, uh, tell us how it went. We heard everybody had a great time. Well, you know they certainly did. Everybody was uh, uh, very, very good. And the, and the neat thing was, okay, I basically grew up with Benny Snyder, and he went to Hall of Fame. I was uh, hanging out with Ramos and those guys when Krupp was driving. He went and got to see a 90-year-old Eldon Schrader who I watched Super Modified race. And, of course, I get to work with one of my best friends in, in racing over the years, uh, Leo Pago, to do that. So uh, we had a great time. And we got those people done. Uh, we were done at 3.30. Wow. So we, we moved right along, and uh, it just it, it, it kind of had a rhythm to it. And it worked out well, and everybody was out of there when it was still light out. And we caught a nice day too, almost sixty degrees in Mount Pleasant. So now, Gary, I got to have you tell a lot. I got to have you tell me if there's any truth to this. I've heard rumor that when you and Leo get together, it's not just microphones that are in and out of the hands very uh, regularly with you two. <laughs> well, uh, we uh, we we discussed uh, how the banquet was going to go because Dave DeHem sent us a. Uh, uh, preview of how the things were going to go on a schedule. And of course, Leo and I have to discuss that at the bar at the Soaring Eagle. Ah, there it is. There it is. <laughs> so, you, you know, you know how that goes. <laughs> uh, the important thing, Gary, is that you remembered what you discussed by the time the banquet rolled around, which I know you did because you guys are both industry yes, professionals. Yes, we did. It 
Well, and another thing, Ron Allen, who I probably uh, announced most of his feature wins, also went in. Uh, Billy Simmons, I announced him a lot in the figure eights. And it's really neat for me to to see a cross-section. And uh, I don't know if we discussed it before, not too many people may know that, and they probably know it on your show, but I was one of the founding fathers of the Michigan Motorsports Bump fame. There's only you three know, of us left. Dick Lee, who started it, Alan Brown, and myself. You know, Gary, what we thought was cool as well is, you know, when we when we started this, you know, we, we wanted to bring you on with your clout as a Hall of Famer, but uh, <laughs> now we got Big Ed joining us. Uh, you know, he's, he's come on board with Horsepower Happenings and done some work for us, and uh, that had to be a pretty cool thing for you, too. Well, it was, and you kind of lit a fire under Big Ed, so he's, you know, being a writer again, doing the things that he does on your show, and he give you guys real nice props as well to uh, be on Horsepower Happenings again, so we're recognized, and it's, uh, well, you know, like with the Mark Times and with the other stuff that Fitzwater did over the years in Mid-America, it's kind of like bringing the band back, getting the old band back together, you know? You know, when you had these 60s and 70 bands that are now doing the 2020s, you know? Us old guys with the gray hair. Well, some of us got hair. You know what I mean. But anyway. <laughs> <clears throat> so um, so it's kind of like getting the band back together and, and doing, uh, doing this uh, history stuff and everything. And I've had a lot of nice compliments. And so you guys outreach to race fans and to competitors and to promoters is getting uh, better and better well-known. So it's kind of neat. Well, we're uh, glad to have you be a part of it. So without further ado, let's get into this week's edition of Gary. Did you know, and I am happy, excited, you name the adjective, I was feeling it when I read the first question because I think for the first time, I knew the answer. It only took, Gary, it only took Zach eight months to know one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's but set- you know what? I'm going to give him a little sidebar on that question. Okay. All right. Hit me with it. Okay. Um, and the first question is, who was the founder of SOD? And it's interesting to know that I was actually involved in that very first meeting. I, w- I would like to, I would love to go back and just, you know, they say be a fly on the wall. I would love to be a fly on the wall at some of these foundation meetings to just kind of hear the thoughts and see it all come together. Very interesting. It was. Okay, question number two. It's kind of one of those founder uh, deals, you know what I mean? But anyway, who formed Artco Racing? I was out Which on was this was very one. popular, and that was a nice offshoot of ASA, and a lot of the same competitors ran in that uh, division as well. No, I didn't know. I, I didn't announce them, too. Yeah, I didn't know the answer to this, Gary, but when I – because obviously we can see the answers for next week. Um, now it makes all the sense in the world now that I see it, but I wouldn't have, I would have had to do a little bit more research than, than just kind of guessing, but that's well, a good I one. I like, I like that one. But you know what? That's what it's all about. And the funny thing is, I don't know if you've seen Facebook uh, real quick, but Alan Brown put on there, Hey, maybe there ought to be a hall of fame for all those people that ran series from the 60s to the 80s. And Artco and ASA were included in that. I thought it was interesting. You'll have to punch that up later. Anyway, question number three. Name 
three Pink Panthers from Michigan. I knew one. Had to go into the cartoon list, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I knew one of these uh-huh. drivers. As soon as I read the question, I knew one of them. I think somebody's yeah. gonna get. I think some, somebody's gonna get these this week. I would think so because you know I've got to think with everything that's going on with Facebook. I I would think somebody would get uh, all these questions this time. I'm trying. I really am trying. And then we move to question number four. Nicknames were popular in those early super modified days. Cars and drivers. So. What was the honker, and who was the shy one? There you go. And that's Gary. Did you know for this week? I think I think we got a good shot at getting a lot of right answers this week. I, I, think I, you I do really too. do. He's it, feeling bad. Fun. He's feeling bad. He wants somebody to get him. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I am. I really am. Well, here's another thing. And uh, I just talked to a gentleman. Uh, this evening that actually uh, spoke for Eldon Schrader and he actually gave me a quiz question, which I'm going to use for the next quiz. All right. And if anybody would ever uh, like to uh, send in a, a quiz question, and I used to do this too in my column, you know, send it into Rich or Zach, Horsepower Happenings, and it could be included in a did you know question because that happened over the years. I used some uh, fans or used some that. But obviously, do not try to trick the masters, okay? <laughs> Give us the answers, please, okay? Yeah, so they, what they could do, what everybody could do is you can uh, you can give us uh, a private message on our horse. Yeah, you can private page. message you or Zach. And we'll get and it to we Gary. And we can include it. And yep, you just we'll get, get it to, to me. We'll get it to Gary and let – and Gary will be the deciding factor – on, uh, we'll leave it up to Gary because this is his deal. We'll, he'll be the deciding factor whether he uses it or not. All right, there you go. Well, that's Gary. fun for people. Yes, I love it. Uh, I, I think that's pretty much <clears throat> going to be it for Gary. Did you know uh, th- this is a great this is a great set of questions here? Look for the graphic on our Facebook page this week. Drop your comments, uh, what you think the answers are, and uh, if you get them all right, you could win a great prize pack. Uh, that Rich you know is, what? I think somebody's going to get them this time. I really do too. This is this is a good one. So, Gary, this we is, app- uh, this is this is in the wheelhouse. Gary, we appreciate you and the work you put in with Gary. Did you know? And thanks so much for for uh, sharing your wealth of knowledge with us. We're happy to have you. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. It's time to get into our featured interview tonight, and it's one of those rare shows where we only have one featured guest, but I think this is going to be a really good one. Rich France, let us know who we're talking to. Well, Zach, if you're from the west side of the state, you're probably used to seeing this gentleman run in a template late model, late model sportsman, late model. We'll get into all that. Uh, He picked up a big win uh, last month at the Winchester Speedway in the Vores Welding CRA late model sportsman feature event at the Winchester 400. Makes his home in Lawton, Michigan. Chris Shannon, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Man, let's let's go back about a month. Um, man, you show up, and I, I've seen that CRA field. Gosh, you know, a couple times a month, and, and and that's a solid field to go down there and win against, don't you think? Yeah, for sure. Especially with the weekend we had with you know, the rain and fighting the mud around the pit area and dealing with a broke motor. Um, there was a time on Thursday, I wasn't even sure if we were going to race and I was pretty dejected with the way the car was handling and Thursday practice and that open practice deal. And then the motor broke and I'm sitting there going, 
should we just start drinking beer because we're terrible and we just broke the motor and dad's like nope i'm going home to get the spare motor like all right so that's that's how our weekend started you guys so you you expired an engine uh and now again we're in winchester indiana where are you guys based out of lawton so we're talking michigan which is just west of kalamazoo so we're talking three fifteen three and a half uh something like that it normally takes me about four hours pulling the trailer but okay um like we we didn't have any track time on friday down there so it kind of worked out in our favor dad left as soon as the motor broke at like three in the afternoon he had his pickup down there from hauling the camper my truck was still hooked to the trailer so he just took off for home to get the other motor and bell housing and stuff to swap and I just hung out at the track because he took my truck keys with him, so I couldn't load up or do anything. <laughs> that, was, that was a big goof on our part. My keys were in his truck. So uh, Friday morning, we went in the track, got the car loaded up, and went over to Greg Van Alt's shop over in Anderson, which is like 45 minutes away. Sure. And proceeded to swap the motors over, got everything going. Uh, Friday afternoon, while everyone at Winchester was just slopping around in the mud. Yeah. And then got back Saturday and got back to our pit spot through the mud and we're actually way better off with the motor that we put in there than we were with the one we had surprisingly because it, it's not a big motor it's it's just a, like a small track motor it's got a real mild cam in it. it's not a big half mile motor by no means as far as you ask an engine builder about it but it seemed to work good what was the I mean what what was your reputation with Winchester I mean how much time do you feel like you're behind the eight ball at all, not getting to practice as much? No, not really. Not um, not now. Uh, back when we first started going there, I think the first time I went there was 2013 just to watch. And I kind of walked in and I was like, this place is awesome. Yeah. And then we went back in 2015 with the car. And we were like two seconds off the pace. I burnt the brakes off the thing. I was scared to death of the place. <laughs> but I've probably been there nine or ten times now and, and got a pretty good package for going there, so it wasn't it wasn't a big deal to lose the track time by no means. So that worked out for us. Just having this the engine that we won with is the same motor we had in June. We just weren't very confident. It's got a lot of laps on it, so that's why we left it at home and went with our good engine. While well, the good engine blew up, so we were kind of stuck with old faithful. We call it. Chris, I think I think what may have played into your advantage is you, you went down there for one reason, and that was to win. Um, you're racing around with a lot of guys that are battling for the championship because that was where the Vors Welding CRA championship was held at Winchester every year. You think that played in your favor a little bit? Um, a little bit, but I mean that thing was that thing was on rails. I mean, Caston probably didn't do everything he could have. As far as trying to use me up on a short run, he had some short run speed, but I had a, a real good long run car. After a few laps, I get wound up, get in a rhythm, and drive back away from him. Now, if if he wasn't in the championship deal, could he use me up a little more? Yeah, but I still think I could have drove back around him. Like after we qualified, because we we practiced on Thursday, probably ran thirty laps on Thursday, and then Saturday morning practice, we had old tires on, and we didn't we didn't put stickers on until qualifying, and I left quite a bit on the table and i'm like if that thing drives as good as it did in qualifying them boys are going to be in trouble and we made a couple last minute adjustments as the sun was going down because we weren't 100 percent confident in what we had during the day we were just trying to adjust toward the night you know and we hit it spot on 
I mean, it was it was really really good for sure. It was, it was it's kind of it's it's one of them deals where it's one of them deals where you dream about a race car that good. You know, like there's been nights at Kalamazoo I've won races and came home and tore the car all apart because it was a piece of junk. Like yeah, they might have won, <laughs> but it wasn't very good. Yeah, that night at Winchester, just all the stars aligned. That thing was, it was bad. I, I want to ask you this: We here in the national levels, uh, you know, somebody wins a lower division, if you will, at Daytona, or they win a road course race at Daytona, and, and they say, you know, what is this win? Well, it's a win at Daytona. What does a late model sportsman win mean at Winchester to you? Uh, it's cream of the crop as far as what we're doing. Um, it doesn't get no bigger than that. Maybe, maybe uh, with the history of, at Raceway Park, I haven't won there, so I don't know. But um, as far as what we're doing around here with with this class of cars, you know, it's kind of a, a one-off deal. It's not very popular around the country as far as class of cars. So that race at Winchester is, is our Daytona 500. And, you know, Chris, I mean, anybody who's – been out to Kalamazoo and, and watches uh, the late model division out there. Uh, you don't get a break night in a night out there either. I mean, you, you, the guys you're racing against, Pressler Head. I mean, it, it's not like you went down there to Winchester and you know you're you're racing against guys that um, you know you can probably beat. Uh, you get a workout either place, don't you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, 2017 we got on board with FLF race cars and that really elevated our program and then 2018 we went and ran yeah 2017 the 2018 we ran CRA Sportsman for the year and that was we were competitive at times but that was like getting your teeth kicked in every week <laughs> with them CRA Sportsman guys versus you know around here and then we came back to racing around here a whole bunch you know Kalamazoo M40 Spartan Galesburg uh, it's really elevated our program and yeah, racing at Kalamazoo every week. I mean, you've got to be on your A game, especially on Friday nights, you know, and I like to race as much as I can. So I'll go run Saturday night and then sometimes on a Sunday, even if there's a Sunday show somewhere, but then you only got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because Thursday's your load night. It's, you got a lot of work. It's a full-time job to, to keep race cars going around this area for sure. And then you show up on Friday night, and to me, Kalamazoo is constantly changing from from the spring all the way through to mid-August when it gets hot and slick. I mean, that's, it's a completely different racetrack. And trying to keep up with that and the competition, I mean, it's, it's a tough deal. Now, I know back in the day, you guys used to like to run, um, you know, Kalamazoo and, and Berlin. Are you able to do that uh, with your car, or do you maybe just – or do you take your your late model over to Galesburg when, when you're not running Kalamazoo? Uh, when we're not running Kalamazoo, um, we're either going, if Galesburg's got a big show, we'll go there. But a lot of times we go over to Springport. Um, Donnie's got a good thing going over there. He treats us right. Um, I actually broke over there one night this year, and he still gave me start money because he felt bad. So I went back over there a couple more times just to, just to support his class, you know. I mean, if, if he's supporting racers like that and not, you know, giving me $60 tow money, he at least gave me start money because I've been there a bunch of times already. You know, I support him. He supports me. I enjoy that. So that's Springport, Galesburg, M40, if they ever have a show. You know, they're kind of hit and miss. And 
don't really know what's going on down there. But Berlin, I I really enjoy that place. I went there uh, uh, 2015 or 2016 and was pretty competitive. I mean, it's a tough group up there, but now their rules have changed. We can't we can't go up there no more. At least with the package we have right now. Talk to me about these race cars. Uh, you know, we kind of tongue in cheek on the pre on the promo on our Facebook page said, you know, sportsmen or late model sportsmen or template bodied, you know, whatever you want to call them. Chris Shannon knows how to drive them. What are I mean, when you look at a late model sportsman, let's take CRA because they're kind of the broad head. When you look at a late model sportsman and you look at a Jeg CRA All Stars Tour car. I'm going to be honest with you, Chris. I don't know what the darn difference is uh, at all. Maybe tires. I mean, I don't know. What 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 right. is the difference? Um, basically, our class around here and and someone in CRA for the most part is based off an old outlaw, um, where we're we're a little bit narrower with wheel offset, but we've got all that same geometry. That's why it's tough for guys around here, you know, Kalamazoo, Galesburg, Springport, Spartan, to go run CRA Sportsman because CRA Sportsman is quite a bit narrower. Um, and it's kind of a hodgepodge class. If you compared it to, um, like, a, all, a Jags All-Star car, that's a great motor car. We're open motor. Uh, we got different weights for different cubic inch, aluminum head, steel head, um, springs, shocks. It's it's kind of a hodgepodge, if you ask me. So a lot of it is under but, the but body the big, panels. The big difference, is, the big difference as far as speed is, we are open motor and smaller tire. Okay, so yeah, I mean a lot of it, the the uh, the layman fan, if you will, going to have a hard time distinguishing the difference. Uh, it's a lot of under the cover changes that that make these cars different. Yeah, yeah, that, that is. Uh, a discussion of the tech man and the promoter need to have. <laughs> a, how, how many different classes can we have that look the same? You know, that's a good point, Chris, because we've talked about that on this show before. And actually, Chris Foby did an article for us last year that was really popular about all the divisions that we have in racing and how similar they are. And I think this late model sportsman division is a good topic for that because it's kind of right in there, you know, you look at Berlin, what they call a sportsman, that's kind of an amped up street stock. And then, you know, you look at the template bodied late models that we have at other divisions where they're running super late models or pro late models, and they're very close to what a, you know, what a late model sportsman looks like. How do you land in this division, Chris? Why aren't you running late models or, or high end street stocks? What is it about late model sportsman that has your, has your attention, has you hooked? Um, basically budget you know we don't have the the budget to go travel and run the the jags all-star deal you know they go to tennessee and missouri and salem salem's a haul from here i'd like to go to that place it looks awesome but going down there um and these are the cars like the the car i ran at winchester and the one that won three out of the four features is the same car i've been running since 2009 really car yeah the other car is um quite a bit newer but it's, you know, it's basically a mate to this one. So that's, that's the big thing is, is we're basically racing, um, racing to race, like week to week racing off winnings. You know, we've got sponsors that put money in our program for sure. Uh, a lot of great sponsors, but the money week to week is basically, we got to go out there and perform, do our homework in the garage, 
go out there and perform and, and make enough money to go to the next track. So as far as moving up, if somebody else wants to pay the bills, I'd be glad <laughs> to do some more traveling for how, sure. How many times but, have we heard that on the show, Rich? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Almost, almost, almost every week, Chris, almost every week, somebody's yeah. like, oh, they want to give me a steering wheel with a bigger car around it. I'll take it. Yeah, no, I, like I said, I don't have a problem putting in the work for sure, but it's just, it's tough. I mean, when we did that CRA sportsman deal, that was thousand twelve hundred bucks off the driveway, you know, and, and you're racing for a thousand bucks and 150 to start, you know, it's around, around here. I can make hundred, 150 bucks a weekend profits put back in the race car for grease and oil changes and that kind of thing. And it, as long as we're running good, it almost floats itself through the season where you start traveling a lot. It's, it's going backwards quick. Chris, you come from you come from a racing family. I've been to Kalamazoo many a times and, and and watched you race. For our fans that haven't been, kind of tell them um, where you come from and where you started. Yeah, I started racing go karts when I was five years old, racing the yard kart class over to Galesburg. And my dad, my dad was into karting big time when I was a little kid, so that's how I got started in the karting. Um, my dad was nine nine time national champion and uh got out of carts and got into street stocks in 06 that was kind of a sporadic deal in the go-karts we'd run a little bit here a little bit there kind of just using up all my dad's old parts and stuff like that and then got into street stocks in 06 and got sportsman 07 ran a year of modifieds in 08 and then 09 we bought that left-hander and we've had a couple of different clips on it now. That's basically the same car we ran until 2017. And then we've had a uh, handful of family friends that have helped us over the years as far as pit crew health and stuff like that. But a lot of it's just me and my dad up until the last couple of years. My dad's kind of taken a little bit of a step back. He doesn't go to the races all the time. He makes all the Kalamazoo shows. But if I go to Springport on a Saturday, he'll go do something with my mom or go hunting or go fishing he's he's kind of taking a little bit of a step back but it's basically just been us you know and my dad like i said my dad was a big go-kart racer and then he started racing street stocks had quite a bit of success at that and about the time he was getting pretty good at it it was my turn and we've been hard at it ever since you know, you're, I, I ran into your buddy Mark Shook, who who runs a, who ran a lot at Kalamazoo, and now he's trying out a modified on dirt. Um, how about that? How about we try to get you in that race car and give that a shot? I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I actually got on dirt back in '08, I think. My buddy Mitch Kirkendall had a, a modified. He let me run down at Butler. And that was a ton of fun. I've always wanted to run dirt, you know, whether it was street stock or dirt mod or something. I tried to talk my dad into it for years. You know, not not so much now because we're having quite a bit of success and our stuff's pretty competitive. But years back when we weren't very good, I'm like, let's go try something different. We, we're not very good at this. Why don't we go try something different? And like, I can't convince my dad of it at all. He, he enjoys going to Florida in the wintertime and going to East Bay with his buddies. But as far as our operation being on dirt, he's not about it. He's all about keeping everything clean. 
what are what are the goals? Well, if that, it was somebody else's, for sure, I'd drive. And there it is. There it is. There it is again. Uh, I knew it was. It was in there, right? It, it was in there. <laughs> I was waiting on it. Um, what are the goals within this operation? Then uh, it sounds like you've you've uh, you know you've traveled. You've you've worked your way up to this point. Um, you know, uh, it, it it feels to me, Chris, like you're in a comfortable spot right now. You're winning races. You're taking home some money. You're taking home some trophies. Why change, right? That's kind of what I'm feeling. Or, or do you have aspirations to do more? Um, I've got a, an opportunity to take over the shop I work at. And if that goes well, um, I may be able to fund something bigger, you know, travel a little bit here and there. I mean, that, the obvious goal for a guy like me is to do what Stephen Nasty and Bubba Pollard do. But I don't <laughs> that's a long ways off for sure. But yeah, basically for now it's um keep doing what we're doing. Keep hopefully knock off a championship at Kalamazoo one of these years. Cause, uh I, I love racing there, but the only reason I'm still racing there is to be honest, is I want that championship. You know, I've been chasing that championship since two thousand nine and took a couple years off and it was it was nice to just go travel or even when we weren't on the CRA deal, you know, we, we just go here and there and everywhere, but you go sit in the stands on a Friday night at Kalamazoo. It's not the same as racing. So I for sure want to get a Kalamazoo championship and then hopefully we can keep this success at Winchester going. You know, we had a couple, a uh, couple podiums. I think there was two thirds and a, or two seconds and a third. And we finally knocked off the wind, so we've obviously got something that works pretty decent down there. And I'm getting more, you know, once you, once you pump yourself up to go qualify there, okay, now you got to race up in that inversion, you know. The first yeah. few times I went to Winchester, I qualified in the back, and it was like, okay, whatever, you know, you might race with one or two cars. But when you start qualifying good, you start up in that inversion, it's a hornet's nest, and it's a whole different style of racing at that place than it is in the back or if you're out there by yourself, you know? So I got a lot more comfortable around cars at Winchester, you know, cause that's so much different than going into going over to Galesburg or going up to Spartan. I mean, you're, you just think about the gear we run, like Galesburg and Spartan and Kalamazoo, we're running a 630 to a 690 gear. And then we go to Winchester and we're running like a 460 oh, and think about the speed difference right there. Yeah. You know, so it's it, I- taking me a while, but I'm, I'm, I mean, that's my favorite racetrack. That's what I put, that's what we think about all year long is what are we going to do for Winchester? You know, right down to the camping, who we're camping with. We got to make sure all that stuff's taken care of. I mean, that's a big part of our year is just going to Winchester and kind of pull off a win there was huge for our team. Yeah, Chris. I, and I think, um, you know, I think you should stay what you're doing, what you're doing, because those two guys you mentioned that you wanted to do, you've won more races than they have all year long. So, I, I would hang hang right with what you're doing. I think you're doing just fine here. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it was it was definitely a, a heartbreak to come up short at Kalamazoo for sure. And we we uh, we started out the season really strong. Had a few parts failures. Uh, broke the third link out of it over at Springport, and that kind of kind of messed some things up and got us a little behind. Some things I missed in the shop, and then championship night we went out there and just flat put it on them and that was it was cool to win championship night but to be rolling around under caution after 
after I won the feature and hear that Nick Pressler was a champion, it hit me right in the gut. You know what I mean? How much would it mean? So, how much would it mean to get a championship there? I mean, you know, uh, take us inside the helmet a little bit. What what is? I don't know. Uh, some we've had people on the show that don't care about championships, and we've had Buddy Head on the show who said that's all he does is run for championships. Exactly. Yeah, it's you know it, it, that's he. I don't think I'd go and race there if it wasn't for guys like Nick Pressler and Buddy Head. You know those guys. And there's other good guys out there. Don't get me wrong, but those those guys, especially Buddy, are the ones that are the best. And I mean, Buddy is a friend of mine, but he's played mind games with me for so many years. <laughs> he'll come up, he'll come up and ask me how the car is and this and that. And he's one of the best with the mind game. So to beat him would be huge for me. Tell me, just to, just to put my stamp on the place. You know what I mean, like. I went to Winchester, put my name in the record books as a winner there. Just to put my name in the record books at Kalamazoo as a champion would be huge. I mean, it'd be probably the biggest thing I've ever done. Tell me about racing at these different racetracks that you run at. Uh, th- there's some differences and there's some similarities, but how hard is it for you to adjust when you're racing Kalamazoo and then go over to a Springport or to a Galesburg or down to a Winchester uh, it seems like you adapt fairly quickly and you're able to be competitive at all these places. Yeah, for sure. That, that traveling with the CRA helped me a ton, you know, especially going to a place like, um, like Anderson or Bearfield where you've got tough local competition that you've got two 30 minute practices to figure it out. I mean, that was huge. And now, you know, all the years of racing, I kind of know, I can go out there on old tires and tell you what the car needs to be competitive on a, on a set of stickers versus somebody that's going to have to bolt stickers on and get that feel right. You know what I mean? Right. And that's helped me a ton. Just, just over the years, you know, we've been working with the same basic tactics for years now. Just knowing what the car needs in practice and getting that feel right and going into the race and having something at the end. You know, the CRA races are 50 and 75 and 100 laps. We're around here, we're only running 30 laps. So I only need to make sure the car is good for 30, 50 laps. And right. that's that's a big thing for sure is, is knowing what the car needs to make a long run. You know, there's, there's kids out there nowadays that have a ton of natural talent, but they don't know how to crawl underneath the race car and set it up and make changes. Guys like me or Buddy or Andy Bozell, Phil Bozell, but we can crawl right out underneath the race car and, and make it how we want it based on experience, you know. That's that's a big thing that I think is a big reason for my success is, is paying attention to all the things my dad did all them years growing up and storing all that in the back of your mind and going, okay, the car's not changing direction the way I want. I need to do this. I don't have to bite it. I want, I need to do this and just take that little bit of practice you get and maximize it. Whether it's at Fairfield or M40 or Kalamazoo or whatever, just that, that reaction to what the car is doing is, is huge nowadays. You know, you can, you can dial yourself right out to one pretty quick where you can, you can dial it right in and just experience, you know, I mean, it, I've, I've never really, 
other than Tim Curry, Tim's helped me a ton. Um, never really had anybody that was other than my dad that was that was helping our program. You know, like these kids nowadays, they got Johnny and Butch helping them, or they got Cody Glick helping them, and they just hop in the thing and wheel it. Where for years, me and my dad had to figure it out. So, right, it's all a puzzle, you know. Over the years, you finally figure it out. Chris, I'd be remiss if uh, I didn't ask you about how you're staying busy and, and having some fun in the off season. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is because uh, I get to uh, run wheel-to-wheel with you on that simulated racing that they call that uh, on Sunday nights. That's been fun with two races in. And, um, not you know, it is what it is when you think about what happened last night. But we're racing against a lot of guys that are having some fun. Same thing, just killing some time in the off season. Yeah, for sure. I went to uh, went to Nashville with Kyle Crump and helped down there. That was that was a bummer how our race ended down there. But uh, yeah, starting up this the sim racing, I, I try not to take it too seriously. But um, but gosh I darn it, Chris, it. it's it's still racing and it's competitive. And darn it, we get into it. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to publicly apologize to Chuck Darling right here. Oh, I wondered if you were going to bring it up because he messaged me today and he's like, man, what happened down there? I said, well, I can tell I you. Said, I, went, I, I, I went down into water and I put some wheel in. It's not turning and I'm throttling up, trying to turn over my foot and go right in the shot of him. I'm like, dang it, man. And then I did it. He just started screaming and exited. I'm like, oh, he's mad. For those, for those who. Chris, Chris, you know Chuck works with horsepower happenings, right? Do you know yeah, that? yeah, I've heard him on here before. That's why I was, I was a little nervous, hoping he wasn't going to be on here tonight. I tell you what, for those who missed it, so we race in the in the Rocket Super Series League on iRacing, and and Chuck, poor Chuck, had it from both ends. I gave him a shot on the restart because he was sleeping, and then Chris drove down into one and wrecked him. Uh, he was not happy. I just rubbed him. I didn't. I watched the replay a couple of times, and all he did was just kind of rub together, and boom, he went around. I'm like, I didn't mean to hit him that hard. That was all it took. Yeah. That, I try not to take it too seriously, but you never want to run over somebody either. Chris, like they say, you got to know the town of the people around you. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of fun. It's a great way to kill the off season. It it is a lot of fun. And, and, you know, Chris, there's a lot of guys from our area and and a lot of guys from the late model sportsman division, actually, that are running in this thing. So it is really a lot of fun. But my Lord in heaven, we've almost talked for 30 minutes with Chris Shannon tonight, uh, late model sportsman driver out of the west side of Michigan. Of course, you can find him at Kalamazoo Speedway, Galesburg Speedway, Springport, and apparently if Winchester runs late model sportsman's look for him there as well congratulations on that winchester win earlier this year uh good luck with the rebuild in the off season and and maybe we'll see you in the spring all right sounds good i appreciate you guys having me on our pleasure to talk with chris and get him on the program and uh talk about late model sportsman how about that uh, a lot of fun there with with that division and i'm i i, st- I don't know that i know the difference uh, i mean i really do. <clears throat> you put a <clears throat> put a pro car in a Late model sportsman car side by side. I think we should just run them heads up. Uh, you got the weight difference. You got the tire difference. I think they're the same, Rich. Let's just race them head to head. Yeah, you know, and and Chris is right. It, it's different wherever you go. And you know, I, it would it would be nice if if we could have these divisions. I think what a lot of tracks and promoters want to do is they want to maintain their field. So obviously, you don't want guys going off and, and, and racing elsewhere. That's not a good way to maintain the field you have at your home track. But um, 
it sure makes it easier to bring in, uh, you know, cars from elsewhere when you have bigger shows. Yeah. Uh, I think it makes it awfully exciting. So do I see anything in the future consolidating this? Nah, probably not. Probably not. Hey, it's that point of the show. Let's take a look at what's coming up on the upcoming calendar. And you would expect us to say, nah, nothing. But. Last what, week, what did we say? A couple last, weeks ago? I know you said keep an eye, wait on it, wait on it. There's one track that might have something coming up, Rich France, and you called it. You called your shot before. Yeah, I, before I even knew this, before I even knew this, I was like, there is no way that M40's done yet. And Zach, they're not. Uh, M40 Saturday, November 27th. Uh, Bad Santa 250 for small enduro cars. Uh, gates open at 11 a.m. on Saturday, November 27th. Racing begins at 2, so it's an afternoon show. And, Zach, as of this past Saturday, 28 cars were already pre-entered. Sounds like a full show. So there you go, Rich. You called it. That's that's down by you. Sounds uh, yeah, like I know where you're going to be. Over in Jones, maybe. We'll see what happens. <laughs> That's going to do it for tonight's program. I want to thank Chris Shannon for being on the program and uh, taking some time to talk late model sportsmen. Thank Gary Lindahl, of course, for Gary Did You Know. Uh, don't forget to look for the graphic on the Horsepower Happenings Facebook page. And uh, who knows, if you get all the questions answered correctly, you could win a prize pack from us here at Horsepower Happenings. So check that out this week as well. We already told you a big show coming up next Monday. Steve Smith from Smith Motorsports will be on to talk about sprint car silly season. And, well, he's got a pretty big hand in why silly season is already underway. So look for that show next Monday, same time, same place. As always, find us where you find podcasts, Spotify, Google, Music, iTunes, Stitcher, and you can always just log on to horsepowerhappenings.com. For my co-host Rich France, for Scott Menlin who pays the bills, I'm Zach Heiser. Thanking you so much for tuning in to Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.